0: You can't be a successful leader in any in any genre um, on your own, and so being able to connect and communicate, um, shout, you know, your vision for your life and you know what you want to do and be and create from the rooftops is okay.
1: Hello, and welcome to Proud To Be You, the official alumni podcast of Boston University. I'm your host, Jeff Murphy, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in. Our guest today is Mary Alice Stevenson, a College of Communication alum who rose through the ranks of the fashion industry, becoming fashion director, editor, and stylist for publications like Vogue and Harper's Bazaar. Mary Alice spoke with me about moving from the peaks of the fashion industry to founding a nonprofit called Glam For Good, an organization that provides clothing and personal care items to hundreds of thousands of Americans in need.
2: Proud to be you showcases the journeys of some of Boston University's most interesting and accomplished alumni. Inspiring grads share the highs, the lows, and the challenges they've overcome along the way from combat to innovative careers. No matter where your path takes you, proud to be you. Marielle, super glad to have you
1: here on the Proud to Be You podcast. I am going to ask you a million questions about your life, but I think the right place to get started is in talking about the organization that you're running now, such an incredible organization, Glam for Good. Can you tell us a, a bit about the mission, how you you know uh, decided to found that organization and um, some of the cool things you've been working on?
0: Sure, absolutely. First of all, thank you, Jeff, for having me. I'm so honored to be here and Glam for Good, I mean the idea was birthed right there on the BU campus so many years ago. Glam for Good repurposes unused merchandise from some of the world's biggest fashion and beauty brands and uh, directs it to, instead of being in landfills and incinerators, directs it to Americans in need. Um, There's 37 million plus Americans um, living in poverty 39% 39% of Americans can't afford basic necessities, yet there's this surplus of inventory in the fashion and beauty um, uh, brands have in their warehouse spaces that is unused merchandise that they you know, don't put back on the shelves. And it's just sitting there. And um, 17 million tons a year ends up in landfills and incinerators, which hurts our environment. And so Glam for Good was really, uh, born to bridge, take that excess and give it to um, uh, Americans um, that need it, really. It just, after being in the fashion industry for 25 plus years and seeing all this excess and also doing a lot of uh, of uh, humanitarian work, I just thought, this is, this is crazy. This is a no-brainer. Take the excess and give it um, yeah. to help people.
1: I, one of the reasons I love it is because it has so many angles. You're supporting people in communities who need it. There's this environmental waste angle that you're addressing. And um, I know that all comes from a, a long and uh, successful fashion career that you had. But you mentioned, um, oh, I forget how you said it, but I, I'm curious to know you know, I think you told me you grew up in Michigan. Did you have people in your life that were sort of always helping you to think in a, with a social impact, social justice lens on, I know you mentioned the idea was born at BU, but has that been something throughout your life?
0: I think that my family, my father is a doctor and my mother was a teacher. So just in general, growing up in a, in a household of, of service absolutely informed my thinking. But I also think that being in the college, you know, the university environment of Boston University, where there's so many people giving on a regular basis, the the, the teachers that you are um, with every day, all day long, um, the, um, you know, guidance counselors, the teams are so giving, and I just think that I have been lucky in my life to be surrounded by and empowered by so many people. And, you know, it opens your heart to to wanting to do the same for others, right? So at the height of this big career in fashion as the fashion uh, editor and director of magazines like Vogue, Allure, Marie Claire and Harper's Bazaar, that was my passion, but somehow i I it wasn't enough. It was like, how can I be of service to help people? And I think that came from all the people that helped me in my journey growing up through college and then to New York.
1: like i said i've I've got tons of questions for you about your career in media and publishing and fashion. but, I I do want to hear more about your time at BU. Uh, one of the things you'd also told me is that your family has this long line of University of Michigan and I think Michigan state folks, how did you end up at BU? How did you buck the trend in your family?
0: Um, honestly, I wanted to go to New York for college. and My father wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> so Boston, I was actually someone that, um, um, just wanted to go out into the world and be an entrepreneur. I, I, I chose Boston first before, and I was lucky enough to go to Boston and tour many schools in, in the Boston, you know, greater Boston area and fell head over heels with Boston university. What I saw, um, Kenmore square, um, just being able to take the the train, uh, to everywhere I needed to go, to, to go shopping, you know, in downtown Boston on Newberry street, the parks, the South end. I mean, I fell madly in love with not only the city, but how Boston university is wrapped up in the city and how it, how, you know, it was just, it just, no, it knocked me alive when I went to visit. And that's, I knew that was the feeling that I wanted to feel, throughout my years studying at a university. Awesome.
1: Uh, I still feel that way about Boston after all these years too. Um, (laughs) So you came in um, and I know you graduated from COM. Were you jumping right into communications class?
0: I was, I didn't get into COM. I was Uh, um, the type of, um, uh, you know, for admissions, you know, I put it all out. You know, I was a girl that had mediocre grades And but was involved in a lot of um incredible things in high school. So I can vividly remember, you know, thinking, hmm, am I gonna get in? And I applied to College of Communications and I I I was diverted to College of General Studies at that time. It's now called College of Basic Studies. It was called College of Basic Studies. Now it's it's called called Studies.
1: Studies. Everybody calls it CGS.
0: CGS. And um I, so initially I wanted to absolutely go into the College of Communications and ended up at CGS and probably the best thing that could have ever happened. Um, I felt it gave me kind of a broader um, education on things that were really important. I knew what I was passionate about, which was communications and media, but I actually think my time at CGS, CGS was critical for me because sometimes it's the things that you're, that don't come as easily to you that you really do need to know to have a successful career, right? So I think that was, um, and it allowed me to explore a little bit into art history and, and other things. And I actually ended up uh, then moving into college of communications and double majoring C, uh, COM and in art
1: history. Oh, interesting. I didn't see the art history part. Yeah. Uh, uh, the CGS story. It's amazing. I've I've been at BU for I think many, many years. And I, I honestly think that pretty much everybody I've ever talked to who graduated from CGS feels that way about it, that it's this incredible program. So that's awesome that we were able to talk about that for a second. All right. So now your time in calm, um, Tell me a little bit about what your thoughts, your intentions are for careers. You know, I don't know, junior year, senior year, do you start doing a bunch of internships? Are you already thinking about, you know, the types of jobs that you're looking for after you graduate?
0: I think, you know, coming from a a small community and, and growing up in a small community and going to Boston University, being surrounded by such possibility and at College of, uh, you know, at Com, I, um, it really was like the, the the professors, the support staff, the students. It was just like being in a room with windows, being surrounded by windows, and they were all open. And it was like this is this is what this is the land of the possible, which is anything you put your mind to. And and I think for me, I started engaging in activities. Um, outside of school. Um, uh, I started a modeling agency. I started kind of a, you know, weekend dance initiative, self-expression initiative. Um, I was interning. Um, I was um, at a PR firm. Um, uh, And while I was studying, um, and it was just, I think it was just being surrounded by so much possibility and people that didn't see Barriers or borders, but they saw, you know, they believed in you as a student that anything was possible with determination and grit and, and being open minded and and I, I never felt that um, pressured to. Uh, make any decisions about what even even at, at college of communication it was just let us educate you, let us empower you. there's so many options in so many directions Th- the more you know what could be, the more you can do you know and I think that's that's um really from my entire experience from CGS to com um it was it was just, I never, I just was, I just soaked it all in. Mm-hmm. And I realized like just anything is possible, you know, and I didn't have that attitude when I first went there because I grew up in a, in a smaller community, yeah. but, you know, surrounded by such incredible educators and students from all over the world. I mean, the student population is so inspiring to be around so many um. Incredible young people from all walks of life with such diverse ways of thinking about things. and and it just is it it opens your mind. and uh, it's incredibly powerful uh, place to to go to to go to university,
1: yeah. The other day we were chatting and you had said, I think if I'm remembering correctly, that one of the things you left BU with was courage. Is mm-hmm. that what you meant when you said you got out of here and felt like I can do this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think having courage to, you know, really tap into your heart and, and what drives you and experience things to, um, to explore that, um, instead of go into kind of what others expect of you, or, um, I think courage to, to, press, you know, push up boundaries and barriers. A lot of that came really from, um, from my experience at Boston University because, you know, this is in the 80s at that time as a young woman, um, more opportunity was opening up thanks to the women before us to be leaders, to be CEOs, founders. And my time at Boston University uh, even opens that up more to me, you know, the possibilities of, of, um, driving change in whatever industry I wanted to pursue, that there were no barriers, that really it was up to me. And, um, the school really gave me tools to take steps, to move forward. And that takes courage, I think. And I think that's just a great, um, without telling people what you need and what you want to do, you can't be helped. I mean, that's one thing that I learned to find my voice uh, when I was at uh, BU, to really find my voice. It's it's four years to explore who you are, what makes you happy, what knocks you alive, and um, and how to verbalize it, too, especially at COM. You know, how to to tell people what you need so they can help you. And in business, I mean, that's kind of the number one rule and in philanthropy. Um, and so it was awesome. I could go on and on as you can <laughs>
1: <tell>. <laughs> I appreciate that. So you graduate and then what happens? You go immediately, do you go to New York and you're immediately working I, in I, Action when Magazine? I was,
0: when I, uh, my, my, my last senior year at BU, I remember talking to, I think he's retired now, um, uh, Professor Wiseman, Mm -hmm. and he, and I remember I said, I'm gonna start applying to magazines in New York. And, um, you know, I think the the staff is also so supportive and helping you and, you know, go knock on doors, take this avenue. I mean, I really felt a lot of support in what I wanted to do because I didn't know anyone in New York. I didn't know anyone in publishing. And so it was really the professors um, and other students that that really was like, what's stopping you, go for it. So the weekends I would take trains to New York City. I would take a train from Boston to New York City. And as much as I could um, on that Monday morning before I had to head back to class, I'd be knocking on doors. So I ended up um, getting a job, um, I was very lucky. Um, and I still to this day um, appreciate um, uh, her Anna winter hired me as a, a, an assistant at Vogue. so um she she was a fan of Boston University and and I knew a lot about fashion because I had studied it um, so much. and I was not the typical like it girl um, um, you know, a lot of um people that worked at vogue at the time were in new york and so um i was kind of like the devil wears prada i'm sure people
1: I didn't me. want to ask that question i'm glad you brought it
0: up <laughs> yeah it was like you know it came in i was probably not that fashionable but um some she liked my personality and energy and so that was a uh, really my big break getting into fashion being around the excellence you know, not unlike being at BU, the excellence of Vogue um, and the people that work there um, was the caliber that um that was, you know, something that I became used to from my time at Boston University. So um, of course I would go to Vogue. Like it was no big deal. BU taught me to like, you know, reach for for the best. And 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 so Um, But I did not that was cold calling at that time that was not even and that's what I would say to and I and I talk a lot to students, um, both high school and college students, it was just reaching out constantly reaching out to people connecting, um, you know, head up instead of down on social media, like connect with people, tell them, you know, can you help me get a contact um at this company at that company and that's really what I was doing and uh, uh and all that pushing to be connected to finally find someone that got me into human resources at Condonast and up to to Vogue. With,
1: Were you thinking of that as networking at the time? That's I mean that's that's what we call it now, right? That's Now it's a networking, you know. Go, but yeah,
0: yeah, I I mean I don't think that anything can get done without community around you without networking without No one can, you know, you can't be a successful leader in any, in any genre, um, on your own. And so being able to connect and communicate, um, shout, you know, your vision for your life and, you know, what you want to do and be and create from the rooftops is okay. You know, that's, that's, um, you know, I think that that was was critical. I learned to, to 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 as I said earlier, to speak out, speak up, move forward, and um, and ask. Like, you know, I'd love to come work with you. Um, I'd lo- what can I do to get a meeting with you? And I was creative in, in how I did it at that time. Now it's easier, I think, with with uh, social media. Sometimes a lot of students will reach out to me on. Um, at GLAM for Good on Twitter or threads or Instagram, and they'll reach out. Then it was a little bit harder, I think.
2: This episode is brought to you by BU Connects, Boston University's exclusive online platform for alumni and student networking, mentoring, and more. Explore the profiles of nearly 30,000 Terriers and see how they're willing to help. Join groups to network with members who share your city, industry, or interests. Share advice or mentorship with students in need promote your business in the alumni business directory or find jobs posted by and for the BU community. Activate your free profile today at buconnects.com.
1: So right out of the gate, you're working in this incredible institution in the world of fashion and media. How long are you at Vogue? And, you know, I'm, I'm wondering sort of once you get those professional legs under you, you're working full time, then what does the plan look like for you?
0: I think, um, I think the plan is 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 um, at that time, really, when you first break in after college, so for everyone that's graduating this year and moving forward, um, you know, I think you if you work hard <laughs> as hard as you can and give your all with high integrity and grace and commit total commitment people that are in higher position positions um they they you're an asset right so because i gave it my all um i was an asset and so people kept hiring me for 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 other jobs because i gave a hundred percent and i i think any leadership role anyone that i've talked to entrepreneur that has founded a company um you know you it's it's grit and determination and um and goodness and belief in your you know belief in in what you're doing at that time it doesn't mean that you know you have to believe that this is it for you it's just you know this is a step in the right direction um uh and being passionate about something i think is critical you know, you, you know if if you don't and even if you're working multiple jobs which a lot of people do out of school um have some, have one of those jobs be something that's heart led you know that you really feel good about it and then it it i worked i worked multiple jobs uh, throughout my uh, beginning career um, even at Vogue, I was, um, when I was in Boston at going to university, I, I worked in retail all around the city. Um, I, I just did a lot of different things and even, um, working in, re- in, in the fashion industry in New York, um, I, I did other jobs because you really didn't make a lot of money, you know, yeah. um, but, uh, I think it's just committing, you know, it's just committing, it's going, at, going for it and thinking, you know what, if I just, if I do this really, really, really well, right. and work really hard, you right. know, people will see me and help me, and and so I then moved. I moved to other magazines. So basically, um, uh, you know, in my thirties, um, I was around thirty-five. I became fashion director of Harper's Bazaar, which was um, kind of a, a pivotal moment for me. Um, and so I went to Vogue and Allure and Marie Claire, many, many fashion magazines. And, um uh, and then, uh, and then I resigned to go into philanthropy. <laughs> so,
1: and that's when you started Glam for Good, or is that when you got really involved with, because uh, I know you've been an incredible supporter of the Make-A-Wish Foundation for a long time.
0: Yes, I was a national fashion ambassador granting wishes for uh, kids with life-threatening illnesses for probably about 15 years, and that experience, and that was while I was um, leading um, various magazines, and and as fashion director, you're creating content and the visualization, so we're flying all over the world going to the fashion shows, shooting the actresses that are on the covers of the magazines, and um, but through, through all that, I was working with Make a Wish, granting fashion related wishes, and um was so inspired by that. And I think that's that's a was a critical moment. And I think everybody had everybody has that um where um, all of a sudden, I realized that although I was really passionate about fashion and it had been, you know, incredible career, and I had given it my all. I wasn't fully, um, it, it wasn't service oriented. And in some ways um, could be a bit superficial, ridiculous sometimes um, being, you know, putting all that time and energy and attention into creating imagery that was ultimately read and then discarded every month. And so I always saw the reality of what fashion could also be negatively impact women, you know, especially. and. So as much as I loved it, I was like, there's gotta be more, there's gotta be more. And that, and my experience from Make-A-Wish, um, inspired me to found, um, the Glam for Good Foundation.
1: Tell me a little bit about the process of getting that up and running. I mean, I I, I assume you have to identify a board and obviously you're looking for funders and can, what can you tell us that you, you know, now about that process of launching this nonprofit
0: organization? What I learned is that, you know, uh, screw the process and just go for it. And as you go, the process will reveal, like I didn't know anything about being a, a philanthropist or, you know, I just knew that it was something that I had to do, it was a calling and it was really um, something that I was led um, uh, to do it internally. I felt it was, and I saw all this excess in fashion and all this stuff being th- thrown out when it was perfectly usable Um, clothing, like throwing out winter coats, winter boots, accessories, you know, shampoo, you know, conditioner, uh, deodorant, like I just I didn't understand why all this excess was not being utilized when I saw so much hurt in the world and poverty and in our own backyard here in in the USA. And so I did not know, I had no idea like how to run a nonprofit or even launch a nonprofit. And I actually just, you know, went with the vision that I had and I started doing initiatives um, and using my social media to empower them. Um, And so I really do believe in the power of uh, social to um, help you put forth your vision and your dreams and, uh, we would do gatherings, so uh, whether it was you know 100 wounded warriors, um, uh, you know that we heard um, were home from after because of their injuries, um, uh, different organizations would reach out. Uh, we did disaster relief after hurricanes. We had you know 200 women that were breast cancer survivors. We we would do these initiatives. Where I would just use all my skills that I developed in fashion and call in clothing, get all the you know products that were needed to help people, get get volunteers, get everybody together. um, and we would just go for it and give it all away. And as I was doing it, I was learning you know what was needed for each group. You know, I started learning pro- the process and structure. So it was kind of, I say that a lot to young entrepreneurs. It's like, go with the heart first. Like you may not know how you're gonna get there, but if you feel it strongly, create it, create it. And then you learn um, along the way and people come in, gifts you know happen and people come into your life as you're creating it to help you. And so we first started as a grassroots movement in 2012 and it was um, uh, Oprah, um, the Oprah magazine, um, our first lady, Michelle Obama, um, United Nations. Before I even founded an NPO, I had done these grassroots movement, Blam for Good initiatives, these big pop-up shops, um, free pop-up shops of uh, addressing clothing insecurity and self-care insecurity. And we would you know, pop them up and then everything would be given away to our recipients. And I wasn't a 501c3. I wasn't official like CEO of a NPO. I was just me with my social media, with my community that I had connected with and resources from an industry I'd spent a long time in doing it. And then um, all of a sudden, everyone said, you should should have a nonprofit, you know? And slowly but surely I I learned how to set it up and run a nonprofit. And I asked a lot of questions from a lot of people, um, you know, even people I went to college with at BU that I'm still connected to. How do you do this? You know, um, will you help? Um, and it's, and still am.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The glam for good website, glamforgood.com. It's, it's an incredible place to see all of the different kinds of organizations that you've supported and the different ways that you've done it. Um, but on your Instagram, and you mentioned this for a second, I saw a picture of you and Michelle Obama together. Uh, can you tell us more about what you were doing with the former first lady?
0: Um, uh, well, we did an incredible initiative at the White House that um, I was invited to participate in and moderate uh, and Glam for Good was highlighted. And it was with students across the country um, that um, Mrs. Obama, First, First Lady Michelle Obama at that time, um, handpicked with her team and it was, um, a panel of entrepreneurs, um, um, all you know, a lot of a lot of different people from all walks of life um that were living in the United States and creating something that was their own. And we, so that was the first experience really talking about Glam for good. And, you know, I was not someone that sold a company and decided to, you know, start a foundation. I was not a big corporate brand that could start a foundation. I was, you know, a single mom <laughs> who really didn't have a lot of tools but had a great education and a great community around me. And I think um, the White House wanted people that were starting things against all, you know, the odds. And um, the, to really illustrate that anyone once with with the right, um, Kind of outlook, determination, grit can can start something that is meaningful to them. And um, so it was really great to talk about Glam for Good and present that um, to a lot of kids that had come from some challenging backgrounds. And um, that was the first time and then we did a, a Glam for Good initiative in Italy together for um, uh, active duty um, military, uh, women in active duty, um, for moms um in active duty and that was really incredible and very inspiring um, woman and I'm really proud that she chose Glam for Good to um to be involved in um uh what she was doing as as a fir- as a first lady um and I just have so much respect for her and uh so that was yeah. really good really two two highlight experiences for me um, um, getting glam for good involved, um, with the, the Obama white house for sure.
1: Great. So when you, if you're able to take a step back and think about all the amazing things that you've done, whether it was in your fashion career, now the way that you're supporting people and communities, is this your calling? Is this what you think your life's work is? Or, you know, are there other projects that are still on your to-do list? Where do you, where do you think you're headed from here?
0: Well, I want to really focus on scaling Glam for Good, and right now we've given over $70 million worth of clothing and self-care from, you know, landfills and incinerators and given it um, to hundreds of thousands of Americans in need in 32 states. And I'm really proud um, of what we've been able to do in the last eight years. And I know that we could do, we could quadruple that, right? So getting the the tools and um, the teams around Glam for Good um, is right now what I'm focused on. And um, any students uh, listening, um, faculty listening, you know, follow us at Glam for Good. We've got a great website. We love your involvement, and it really does take a huge community to make a difference, and um, so that's my focus. We'll, we'll, you know, we have a big uh, give at at Boston University in January with the Newberry Center. We're really excited about um, getting warm winter clothing um, to some students that that um, might not have it right now and need it, um because we know those Boston winners are pretty intense.
1: <laughs> and, and you and I spoke about this the other day. There's this in some ways, misconception that, you know, uh, our students are all incredibly wealthy people. And the truth is we have tons who, like you, needed to need to work right. as, you know, undergrad students and are, you know receiving tons of financial aid um, just, just to make this a diverse place. So, um, it's awesome that you're doing that you're, you're partnering with, uh, it's the Newberry center. And I think also the college of general studies is involved university in some studies
0: way, Newbury center. And it's just, I think, you know, I think that, um, you know, listen, your, your, your Boston university community, uh, is ultimately a community of helpers. And, and the moment that, um, you know i floated this idea everyone on the on the the team that i was speaking to was so excited by it and you know i think we all need help at different times in our life and um and it's okay to ask for it and it's okay to go get that help and i think pride sometimes gets in the way um uh but i think it's really important no matter who you are what you've gone through no matter what you're creating in life being able to say hey Um, can you get behind this? Can you help me? Um, um, is, is critical no matter what you're doing. So we're as an organization, you know, happy to start a, a partnership, um, moving forward and help in any way we can with students coming in, um, to the university that need some support, um, beyond their education of, of, Um, you know, personal essentials and like water, like shelter, like food, clothing and self-care products are equally as important to empower dignity and um, joy and opportunity. So we're happy to help and want to continue to do so. And so, uh, so in the future, you know, I mean, who knows, maybe something, I'll do something completely different. I think um, when you open your mind to possibility and, um, that is, and kind of ask the universe and, and people, um, in, in that you're inspired by, um, for direction or help, you know, new ideas come. So, um, hopefully we'll scale Glam for good and it will, you know, uh, uh be able to serve Uh, every state on a regular basis and multiple glam for good gives at Boston university. And, um, and then who knows, who knows, maybe I'll come teach at BU.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Well, I, I'm super excited to to watch you scale this initiative, which is so important. And, uh, I, you know, I wanna thank you in advance for all the, the work that you're doing to support BU students and the way that you've supported the university. And it was just, frankly, really great to hear this whole story and how it came together. So thanks so much for spending time sharing it with me. Of
0: course, it's an honor, it really is.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Mary Alice. Thanks again to Mary Alice for joining me on the podcast. It was fascinating to hear about somebody who achieved so much success and then pivoted and founded a nonprofit organization that helps thousands of people. If you heard something today that makes you proud to be you, I hope you'll join me in making a gift to the BU cause that matters most to you at bu.edu give. Thanks for listening to Proud to Be You.
2: If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your episodes. The Proud to Be You podcast is produced by Boston University and our partners, Five Tool Productions, a BU alumni-owned, Boston-based company specializing in video production, live streaming, and content marketing. Our theme from artist.io is Think About Lights by Ben Fox. All additional media in this episode has been shared by our guest. To learn more about Proud to Be You, visit bu.edu slash proud to be